That feel good to you, Joe? I'm, you're going to figure that out. <laughs> right. That's on you. I'm going to be honest. Dana. All you're going to do is you're going to sound like an idiot because it's just going to be like all your responses are going to be like two seconds later than they were in real life. I just like. <laughs> I'm going to anticipate everything that you say, so I'm ready. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 37 ready to put in your eardrums. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, your favorite treat of the holiday season, most <laughs> awesome. Boom. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm living life, bro. Yeah, just feeling it, feeling this podcast, feeling the audience out there. I'm loving it, bro. How about you? How say you, sir? I'm good, man. 37 episodes deep. The podcast finally officially got older than I am. Not older than you. It's like our middle brother. The podcast is our middle brother right now. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, We got a chock full episode for you guys. We're going to do Rip from the Headlines. We're doing the state of the star Mm. we're gonna hit that mab inbox we're doing mab degrees of separation a fan favorite we're bringing it back we're putting it all online to avoid that hour of sour then we are doing that's right it is it may be date night and you know what most awesome we're bringing a third wheel a repeat guest we're bringing him back he wants to jump in we're gonna let him do that Uh, we're gonna jump into the neapolitan showdown we're talking worst things about holiday travel it's that season a lot of things are shitty here's what we think <laughs> shitty about traveling and then we'll finish as we always do with our mvp of the week should we get to this motherfucker bro let's bring him to that jam extra extra read all about it i'm talking front page story all over the world it shook up men women boys and girls the headlines all right, rip from the headlines. We're talking the state of the star. What are we talking about this week, brother? Because the Cowboys are shit, bruh. <laughs> so simply put, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, no, we're talking about it because, uh, yes, the America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, Getting a little, they're getting caught in a lot of crossfire. A lot of uh, people, their fans. Uh, a seven-year-old Rylan Wood wrote a shitty letter to Jerry Jones, Troy Aikman talking about that stuff needs to get uh, figured out, and uh, just the kind of general wheels falling off the Cowboys. So we thought we'd do a little, little deeper dive into the Cowboys. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Like this usually doesn't come on our radar, and I think we had to talk each other into it a little bit because I think. You know, uh, during pre-bro, we make a little list. We see what kind of sticks, what doesn't stick, what looks like it's going to be rich in content. And usually if it doesn't involve Patrick Mahomes and defying gravity, then it doesn't actually have the legs to get into having its own segment. But there is something. There's a combination for me on this, brother, and I want to hit like four tent poles and tell me what you're thinking. Uh, There is – there's an upper up and coming star QB that starts out really hot that kind of dies down. We have a coach mm-hmm. that uh, 
looks uh, incompetent would be a compliment, but yet he still sure. sticks around. We have a like a owner that wants to keep his hands on and kind of can't stand losing, but contradicts himself a little bit with just how the franchise sure. ran. And then the last point is we have a MVP caliber running back that doesn't seem to be a centerpiece for the offense. Does that sound right to you, brother? You want to go through those? Ooh, I like it. That is that tent pole almost made like a tent square, my friend. Like, <laughs> let's get into it. Jesus. All right, right here. I'll start with uh, the starting quarterback. So we had uh, one of the hot things that happened three years ago is yeah. you know we had kind of Dak Prescott explode in the league, and I'll break down some That's stats right. right now. 2016 uh, kind of kept that job from Tony Romo. Started out the season because Tony Romo was injured, rookie quarterback. Went 23 TDs, 4 INTs, and a QBR of 104.9, taking him to the playoffs in his rookie year, and it looked like the future. It was enough for Jerry Jones to let go of his golfing partner, his boy, Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Uh, and then last year, 22 TDs. Uh, so we're around the same, but INTs took a huge jump. Uh, 1390 sure. is in QB rating of 86.6, and he's about on the, about the same track right now. Is this that classic story, or maybe it's just even a myth of defenses getting tape on like a young, hot quarterback, or something else kind of went asunder? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a mixture of that. Plus, you've got uh, when we talked about Des Donation earlier in Pod's Pass, and talking about Des, talking about how that the offense is basically pretty vanilla. They know exactly what's going to go on, where the guys are lining up, what they're going to do. They're calling out our plays. So, yeah, so I think it's from a competitive advantage or disadvantage, I should, I should say. You know, you're really kind of limiting Dak Prescott, who was uh, not super heralded coming out of the draft. He's a fourth-round draft pick out of Mississippi State. Had some good success. <laughs> All right. Success. All right, relax. No one's asking if MMA has it, oh, but you sorry, must definitely sorry, do. Sorry, bro. You, sorry, got, bro. you got it. Uh, but you know, I just want to drop those those figures on them. Sure. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's it was kind of a little unexpected, and yeah, so the hype train was alive and well when he was there, and he he supplanted Tony Romo, um, and rightfully so. I think he I think he earned the job. Yeah, and he's 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 proved himself to be a better than a fourth round quarterback, and I think that um, is he the elite level player that we thought he was in his rookie season or what we saw in his rookie season to what he is now, maybe somewhere in the middle. I, I don't think Jason Garrett, the head coach, which is another 10 pole we're talking about is doing him and uh, Jerry Jones, uh, the, who basically oversees player personnel. They're not really helping him out. His wide receiver crew is uh poultry at best. Mm. I know they just made that big trade for Amari Cooper. They gave up a first round for it though. Uh, in a in in a year where they're three and five right now, um, it's kind of a steep price to pay for somebody yeah, that maybe have just generated just a third round pick. Yes, it's a little crazy. Like it, it always seems like I get Jerry Jones is just he wants to be in the mindset that we're we're always in contention, we're always going after it, and it doesn't seem completely bizarre when it seems like you know this is the first year probably five. I don't remember the NFC East being kind of this wide open. We have only. Dust Cowboys are sitting there only ahead of the New York Giants who have only won one game. Dallas has won right. three. 
it just seems like uh, still kind of making a run, but still like one foot in, one foot out. Uh, I think the big piece I have to ask about is I am not impressed at all with Jason Garrett. I think friend of the pod, you know, Cousin Sal, Bill Simmons, very popular podcast, call him the Clapper, hilarious. Cousin Sal is a uh, Dallas Cowboys <laughs> fan. Like all he does is just like clap like everything's going well all the time, and it's obviously not. Uh, and, and I've seen like a lot of just clock management, a lot of little details that doesn't doesn't completely barrier affect a team. I think right. uh, when they're when they're cooking with gas, and this one is really showing up. That Tennessee Titans loss last Thursday was embarrassing, or uh, Monday Monday night. Sorry, it was last Monday night, but it, it was bad. It was a really bad loss. Yeah, yeah, not a good loss, and and it just kind of uh, I think crescendoed on a big stage, Dallas. Um, it kind of came out of the gate hot. Cooper caught that touchdown. Like, oh, maybe maybe they did something here, and then proceeded to get uh, kind of manhandled by a not great Tennessee Titan team, and it just kind of left you looking at like, well, what's what's in the cupboard? Because the offensive line is not the her- you know the vaunted or heralded offensive line that they've been kind of hiding behind as the the key to their success. Hasn't played well. I know they have some injury. I know they have some illness and some other stuff but uh hasn't played really great and they've invested a lot into that offensive line you have no deep threat or wide receivers on the outside and you you're sitting there um late in that game not getting the ball to your best player and ezekiel elliott yeah so right now you take over the cowboys what do you do to shake it up what's your move oh yeah i think you just gotta you gotta shake the apple tree i mean you you literally have to gut if I if I take over, you've got to gut the obviously the the head coaching staff. There's a lot of just uh, you know Jason Garrett is a former backup. Troy Aikman was his uh, buddy, and Troy Aikman came out there and put uh, the Cowboys on blast. You've got a lot of former Cowboys, Leon Lutz, or defensive line coach. So I think like I think Jerry Jones is trying to bring you know, the Cowboys of the nineties in the culture in there and just, it isn't working. So I think you got to totally retool the coaching staff. And then if you start up top, um, Jerry Jones is only one of two owners, team owners that have their hands or have the general manager title. Yep. Um, the, the other is Mike Brown in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, that does, that doesn't seem to be a recipe for disaster. Robert Kraft has been successful because he's put the right people in charge. He's put Bill Belichick in charge. He's given them the reins because he realizes where his strengths lay are not in the X's and O's or the, you know, the Terry's and the Joe's, uh, another sports cliche there for you. Mm. But, um, he, uh, he knows what his, 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 uh, his strengths are. And I think when you rise at high level in business, you're a billionaire, um, you have to, you can't get there by just doing everything yourself. You have to allow and trust and actually make the decisions and the people that you trust. Jerry Jones doesn't do that. He's given the authority to his son, Stephen Jones, and he oversees player personnel. He's kept a very, uh, you know, family oriented, which is not to say that that's wrong, but that's, that's when you start looking at the Lakers and you talk about the bus family you know, after Dr. Buss passed away, he rolled it out to his kids. And uh, Jeannie is, you know, good in her own right, but he had a lot of his sons who were kind of mismanaging things and, and led to the, the kind of the downfall uh, until Magic Johnson came back in as trying to right that ship. All right, real quick, up against it, but I want two quick questions from you. Absolutely. Uh, right now, 
do the Cowboys win a playoff game in the next three years? Dak Prescott hmm. started in the next three years. I'm going to say yes to starting the next three years because um, Jerry Jones, for all his faults, I think is a pretty loyal guy. That's why he's held on to Jason Garrett for as long as he has. So yeah. I don't think that they make a trade at the quarterback position because I think they like Dak. And truthfully, I'm, I'm not a, a Dak hater. I just think he's he's not an elite-level quarterback. So I say yes to, to Dak starting the next three years. I say no to the Cowboys winning a playoff game. Um, I, think, uh, I think he goes out there. Uh, maybe fires Jerry, or say excuse me, Jason Garrett. Yeah. Tries to probably make a big play for a young up and coming, uh, uh, probably college coach. I'm going to go Lincoln Riley. I think he's going to back the oh, Brinks truck up. To I Oklahoma always zone. love when you take Lincoln a fucking Riley. shot, brother. I love. You think these college coaches before we move on right now are majority of college coaches waiting to take a shot in the NFL? Two different ball games, right? You notoriously hear it. It's just like. College coaches, it's an actual, like, career. You can, like, raise a family. You can do it, have a nice house, make nice coin. Like, NFL, it is a fucking – it's just lifestyle. Like, dominates your life. It takes over. Yeah. And I would say um, I think these guys are obviously uber competitive and they want to get to that next echelon. Winning at the NFL, that's the highest level. So yep. I think every college coach is kind of – if the situation is right, the offer is right, Steve Spurrier, he went to the Redskins. You've got, uh, you know, guys who are not in it for the lifestyle. You know, Steve Spurrier liked to play golf and hang out and just, you know, <laughs> glad hand and shake hands. But he he took the, the paycheck because he wanted to prove it on the highest level. Chip Kelly, another one. Um, yeah, you've got you've got guys who are just going to want to push push it in there and see if they can if they can do well. So, yeah, I, I say he goes and look outside the ranks and go for a, a young up and coming college coach. Boom, brother. Love it. Well, let's hop into that inbox. Mm. All right, an MAB inbox. We have uh, from a uh, nomabber out there in the Oregon area, will Mexico City be a Super Bowl preview? All right, I believe what he's talking about is we're talking Chiefs versus Rams, right, brother, coming up in week 11? That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got the class of the NFC and the – Los Angeles Rams and the class of the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, are we looking at a preview week 11 potentially? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, when's the last time that you really I, – I don't like to get hyperbolic, especially like in the NFL, especially when it seems like it's a little bit more – you know, there is a lot more parity, like the top teams, right. like these – it's not even like the middle teams are close. Like the, even these like top-tier teams are pretty close. But it does seem like this year – I don't remember the last time, like, obviously when you have the Patriots, like, involved, like, you know, sure. or like 2008, 2012 or whatever, like, they were heads heads and tails above everything else. You're just like, all right, let's fast forward to the AFC Championship when they're playing, like, Peyton Manning on whatever fucking team he's for, and then, like, the NFC right. team will fight to lose to the Patriots or whatever that is. But it does right. feel like these two teams are just on their own tier, and I don't remember, like, a clear AFC, NFC team being on the same tier, like, in the driver's seat. So I will say, yes, this is a Super Bowl preview. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Um, and it, it happens kind of early, or I'm sure, excuse me, later on in the season. Week yes. 11 is kind of, we, we kind of see how it is. Oftentimes we've kind of seen like early on in the seasons, you know, rematches of, you know, the previous Super Bowl, Pats, yeah. you know, Eagles and things like that. And you're like, okay, they're just trying to, or, you know, NFC Championship matchups again. So um, this is one that's kind of late in the season. You're kind of forecasting 
uh, it's very interesting to see these two teams get scheduled that way. Here's a real quick question, um, and we'll, we'll fly through this. Are they going to pull any punches? Is something going to be hidden? Is either one of these sides, like Andy Reid, uh, Sean McVay, are they thinking about like not showing their actual goods because of this direct question in their brain right now? Yeah, and well, yeah, I think it's one of those things. Is yeah, you, I, I don't think you pull it on any, any of the stops in terms of any stuff that you're working on, uh, because you're because not only is it just not for the Rams, it's for the rest of the league, right? Yeah. Or, or or vice versa. You're wanting to make sure that you kind of mask anything because you're probably at this point, you're probably thinking about the playoffs if you're the Chiefs or the Rams. You're probably thinking about what sort of stuff that we can run that is going to keep opponents off of our trail, if you will, that they haven't already seen in the past 16 weeks. So they're probably kind of implementing these schemes in there or at least thinking about it. So, yeah, they definitely pull punches. They definitely sit back. Um, and they just, you know, but I definitely I definitely see it being an interesting game. In Mexico City, that's a that's a huge variable. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I think it's a big variable. I think that the, there's a big altitude change. Maybe that mm. gives the advantage to the Chiefs, not, you know, playing in Denver t- uh, once. You know what I'm saying? Or at least being accustomed oh, okay. to playing in Denver. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess I see that a little bit. I want to, like – Right after I asked that question, I like your take on it. Like, I do think, like, you try to hold something back, and it seems like a very, like, Patriots way thing to do. I don't think of that luxury, though. Like, I still think the Chiefs uh, coming from, you know, having lost that Patriots game, so they do kind of have that head-to-head loss when they are figuring out, you know, where that home field advantage is going to be for the AFC Championship. I know the Chiefs fans are shouting out their radios right now. Thanks for listening. I'm trying to jinx your Chiefs. Actually, you guys can fuck up. <laughs> you guys seem pretty confident in Mahomes. He'll be just fine. Uh, so, right. like, I, I think I think you need like every victory is a victory, and I think maybe a little bit more on the Chiefs side. We'll have to see how we crumble this out. We are recording this a little bit uh, in the future. I, th- I think right now we're recording this around week uh, going into week eight. So we're still kind of three weeks out from our knowledge. But if everything kind of stays pat and stays the same. Uh, if it's that tied up, like I, I don't think either side really has the luxury. Yeah. Well, yes. And I, it, yeah, I agree with you. They don't have the luxury, but I don't also think that they want to show some of their premier plays and give not only just tape on it, but tape against the team that potentially they could be playing. And yeah. I'm the Rams, if I'm Sean McVay, right. I don't want to give them so much tape where they can sit there and be like, oh, they did X. This is their play. This, but, but I mean, this I, play. I get it. This like, is how we lined up, and this is how we matched up against it. I feel it. Like, but do you hold two plays back just so you can and possibly lose that game and possibly not have that home field advantage in your conference championship game just to, like, keep the poker face? You know what I'm saying? Like, a little bit? Like, you got to... Yeah, well, well, but that—that's the thing is, is that game doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? I, you know, if you're, but but I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm saying wins, losses, it could mean something. You know, if if the Chiefs can get to that, you know, thirteen and three, I, and then a Patriots fall to like a twelve and four, then that Chiefs get that, as opposed to if they have that tie with the Patriots, Patriots get the tiebreaker, then they're playing in Foxborough in fucking like January. Yeah, I think the Chiefs have more on that tip than the Rams. Yes. I think the Rams have a considerable lead in the in the NFC right now. So yes, I think the Chiefs are probably looking at it a little bit like, hey, every win's a win. Yeah. But still we want to make sure if we're if there's a couple tricks but I mean, but they came out and they unloaded all their their their, their tricks kinda early 
and now are are definitely are tweaking everything. They're trying to tweak everything on what they laid out. So it'll be interesting to see. All right. Well, so I'm guessing right now, uh, coming out of it, I'm going to set the line at. You have an idea what the line is? Just give I'm, you. Don't I'm say it out loud. Go, have I'm going to go. Okay. Go. I'm going to go Rams minus four. Mm, I have Rams minus one. Minus one. Yeah. So okay. I, I I go if if you put that game in L.A. like we kind of see eye to eye on that minus four. Even though the Rams yeah. don't have like super, yeah, you're right. but you're uh, right, you're right. I, th- I think neutral field, like just a slight tip of the hat to the Rams for consistency, but a lot of shit can change. All right, brother, uh, let's get into Mab degrees of separation. Oh, a Ooh. audience favorite. I don't know if they love us watching shitty TV. I don't know what it is, but you guys can play along. We will post this on social media. So you can kind of map it out and see if you did better than us. Uh, we are going through three different sets as we always do. We're doing Bradley Cooper to Cooper Cup. LeBron James to Rick James and Emily Blunt to LeGarrett Blount. Right, say that yes. right? Man, that, that yeah, last name you, always you, fucks you, me. You, yeah. Is that good? <laughs> right. Well, I've heard it said, said a couple different ways. Blount or Blunt. Right. So yeah. I think for, he, I think he said it a couple game, different ways. Yeah. For the purpose of the game, we'll call the lovely and talented Emily Blunt yes. to the Detroit running back. LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, we'll just do Blunt. Then, just keep both Blunts. Yeah, exactly. Because it makes the game fun. And yeah. then you've got Bradley Cooper and Cooper Cup of the L.A. Rams, the wide receiver of the L.A. Rams, who we were just it. talking about in that email. I love it. I love it. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll start with <laughs> – I have some new bonus points I'm going to throw in there. If you guys don't notice, uh, I just make up the rules as I go. Most awesome. The talent is always up for – playing along so we'll see just I, I've keeping some, me on my toes bro just i do keeping i, me on my toes. I want to keep the scenic seven on the board i think a bonus point scenic to the scenic seven. seven if you can do if you can pull out the scenic seven get a seven news. i don't have any scenic sevens today so let's start off with uh bradley cooper to cooper cup how many you got it in oh i i i almost could have added layers to this to get to the scenic sure. seven but yeah. i didn't i kept it true yeah i try to keep it tight keep it tight i've got it i've got it in five. Ooh, in five. nice i got it in four Ooh, All right, let's hear, let's hear five, brother. All right. So uh, Bradley Cooper starred and directed in a movie that Brandana loves. Three times. Close and near and dear to his heart. Fifteen stars for Brandana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with Lady Gaga and a star is born. Yes. Lady Lady Gaga sang, sang the anthem in Super Bowl 50, Ooh. to which Joe Montana flipped the coin amongst many other Hall of Famers, but yeah. Joe Montana was there. Yeah. Joe Montana played collegiate football at the University of Notre Dame, to which the assistant head coach at, or the, an assistant at Notre Dame was one Jim Gruden, father to John Gruden. John Gruden hired Sean McVay as an assistant in Tampa Bay. Sean McVay is the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, where Cooper Cup plays wide receiver for. Damn, brother, nice. Now, now I'm interested. Now I'm interested in how the fuck you got there on four. Yeah, Bradley Cooper was with uh, starred as the asshole fiance of Amy <laughs> Adams in Wedding Crashers, which had yes. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Sack. Uh, what's that? Yeah, his name was Sack. Yeah, Owen Wilson starred uh, along <laughs> Ben Stiller in Zoolander. Ben Good. Stiller had was in a little movie that Brett Favre had a cameo in called something about Mary. I'm here to play the dolphins. You dumbass. which isn't the yeah, first time I've that. said that on this podcast. Exactly. All roads lead through something <laughs> about Mary and, uh, 
Brett Favre had an understudy who was called Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers still plays for the Green Bay Packers, who will be uh, playing the Los Angeles Rams, who has wide receiver Cooper Cup this weekend. I know, time stamp it, guys. We're still in week eight. Boom, that's four. Wait, wait, say that again. Okay, so you had... So I've, you have I, I've, Owen Wilson. I, I have Owen, Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Oh. It's nice. All right. I'll give it's it to nice. you. I'll give Ooh, it to you. Playing for that hour sour. Guys, you can email us at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. You guys know what the stakes are. We had a split it the last time we did this. We ain't splitting no more. Let us know what shitty TV we had to watch an hour of, and we'll bring you back a book report on it. All right, uh, number two, LeBron James to Rick James. What do you got, brother? I've got it in two. I have it in two. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm interested. I have the lead, so I'll take the ball out. Uh, I got LeBron James to Amy Schumer in Trainwreck. The Amy okay. Schumer was voiced in an episode of The Family Guy, The Boys in the Brand, 2016. Rick James has a song and Family Guy, Crimes and Meg's Demeanor, in 2017. <laughs> oh. Boom. I, I, you know, you know, I, I, I hope this is this is loose. This is loose, Brandon. What's loose, bro? He put like she was on Family Guy. She voiced something on Family Guy. Rick James had a song on Family Guy. What do you want me to do? My hands are tight. I like a little, I like a little tighter hand holding. All right, I, I knew it. I knew this was gonna come. I knew you're gonna question. You're question. You're questioning my integrity on the pod in front of our. No mappers? That hurts, brother. That hurts. I'm not. I'm not questioning your 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 integrity, Brandon. Sure. What I'm simply is just stretching the boundaries of a of a Kevin Bacon esque smab degrees of separation. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Let's get creative. Let's get creative. I yeah, almost like, I like on I'm, on I'm all for like I'm on all for blunt creative. on the blunt game. I use someone gets actually caught with a blunt of marijuana, and I use that to connect it to something else. Like I want to be honest about that. So prep prep exactly. your pot ears for that happening. Exactly. Brace, brace yourselves. Okay. So here's here's my two. This is a and I love our our our, our audience out there to to tighten up on this and listen to it. So here's where I got it in two. LeBron James, uh, in, a, in an article in Business Insider, Richard Jefferson, who's a teammate, was talking about how LeBron James was a big uh, camaraderie guy. So what did LeBron James do? He hired in a bunch of guys to come in there and do, do stand-up comedy. Hannibal Burris, Chris Tucker, and one Mr. Dave Chappelle. So that's my one. LeBron Brother, James I, to Dave. That's so funny. I, had, I, I, used, I almost used that route. I had that route. I was trying to go down the Chappelle show route. And you have Chappelle. Uh, I don't want to interrupt and take the guy. I almost used that. And I thought it was, you called me out for stretching it. Finish finish it, brother. Finish the connection. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I love LeBron it. hired Dave I love Chappelle it. to I love do stand-up yeah, comedy. Do it, do it, do it. And, and then the Ch- Chappelle show. I mean, this is. Uh, yeah, I love. No. You know, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the point because you actually connected it. I, I will. Yeah. I will give. Charlie Murphy. Charlie Chappelle show. Well, Charlie here's. Charlie was on the Chappelle here, show. Yep. Well, here's why. Well, Rick James is on the Chappelle show. He was on the Chappelle show, but I'm even linking it. Like I said, that that oh, hand tight. contacting, hand holding. You know what I mean? I'm trying to keep it tight. I just want to be, you know. And so, and obviously, Charlie Murphy telling the story of Rick James, but also partied with Rick James. So there's my two. Yeah, I guess I could have gone. Well, no, to yeah, yeah, because one. yeah, because Charlie Murphy or Rick James actually is he's on the Chappelle show. 
like he's on there. He's just like, and he's just like, yeah, like I did that. Like, yeah, I, I kicked Charlie Murphy. Like he's on, like Rick James on there. You don't even need fucking Charlie Murphy. That's true. That's true. But I don't know if if Chappelle. Uh, shit! I was about to so give that's you the, what I was giving you. I was show. about to give you the bonus point because they you actually had the faces and mine were just voices. But now I gotta I gotta rip it out of your paws. Uh, so we <laughs> were sitting at uh, that's a tie. So I'm I'm up one nothing. Uh, let's get the last one, brother. Emily Blunt to Legarrett Blunt. I have it in four. I have it in three. God damn it! Yes. Uh, but I like, but I, but basically, your your three is is like, Legarrette Blunt smokes blunt. Everyone <laughs> in the world has smoked a blunt. Probably can don't look at my list. Don't Emily look at my blunt. list. Uh, you're probably gonna give me shit for it. I'll say actually, I'll I'll prove it. Like I'll prove it, and then you can call me out and say like I'm a piece of shit. Okay, All right. So okay, okay, uh, okay, Emily okay. Blunt to Anne Hathaway in Devil's Wear Prada. Yes. We good so far? All right. And I Hath- love it so far. I don't like have to like I have to audition this shit. Anne Hathaway to Bradley Cooper and Valentine's Day. Big underrated right. movie. Big big underrated movie. Uh, okay. Bradley Cooper, a gigantic Eagles fan. <laughs> As in Silver Lining, Lining's playbook. Yeah, okay. well, I wouldn't use that. I was going to use that, but he's actually like a huge, if you look at like his, uh, his interviews, like he's just, he's a big Eagles fan. He talks about being a huge Eagles fan. Sure. Well, I think he's from Philadelphia, right? Yeah, he is. Originally, or somewhere. Uh, Garrett Blunt okay. played for the Philadelphia Eagles, 2017. What do you want from me? There's three. Boom. Boom. All right. Okay. So is that, is that check? Does that check out talent? Damn, I didn't remember you like this. I you know, I, this brings I, I out the worst. Hear, hear I thought the audience, Nia brought out the worst in this. this. This like this brings out the worst in us. You're nasty. In I know, this. right? You're nasty. I know. Well, because because I have to watch another episode <laughs> of Caveman apparently. Um. So I'm getting a little, you know, my time is precious. Sure. So here's how I, here's the true way LeGarrette Blunt played with Tom Brady on the pa- on the Patriots. Tom yes. Brady was in a, a little film called Ted 2 with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Guess what? God. All roads lead through Mark Wahlberg is uh, again. Sure. Mark Wahlberg was in The Perfect Storm with George Clooney. Yeah. George Clooney starred in Leatherheads with John Krasinski. Yeah. Not only is John Krasinski married to Emily Blunt, but they also starred together in, a, in an excellent film. Quiet Place. Quiet Place. Yeah. Really good. That's probably like the second best movie I saw this year. Was that this year? Uh, good, buddy. Well, uh, you should be better at, uh, than I am in this game, but you unfortunately are not. So the Hour of Sour, we're going to actually pay off this Hour of Sour. Uh, there's a little traveling going on, a little schedule conflicts with us. We're going to pay it off in episode 41 so that gives Beautiful. you guys three weeks uh don't sleep on it though email us the first email in will take up most awesome has to watch an hour of whatever the fuck you tell me. or it could be a podcast it can be don't make it our po- hilarious make it our podcast it's really funny just relax <laughs> let me save listen you from that pod, joke listen like- to pod too, you <laughs> sons of bitches uh great brother great well it's time uh let's not waste any of it because it is uh let's bring on our we got Joe popping back with us. He's going to judge the Nia, and they really want to be a third wheel on the date. I'm going to keep making that third wheel joke for our date night for Space Jam, but let's bring him on. So let's leave it alone, because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. All right, guys, Neapolitan Showdown. We are talking the worst things about holiday travel. We got a boy 
Joe Booth back in the studio joining us. Uh, he yes, wanted to back. be a part of date night. Back we again. could not say no. Yeah, what's up, brother? Yeah, good, good, Bob. Good to have you back. Uh, he he wanted a date night. We couldn't say no, but uh, there's no way to get him in here and not have him score this. So real fast though, Joe, uh, throw it down. You're you are a big holiday traveler, but you got a little rule, right? What do you do around Turkey Day? Uh, well, Alexa and I decided uh, a few years back that we don't like his his wife not the uh not the assistant <laughs> not, yes. not the assistant shut it's the good. fuck up <laughs> so alexa <laughs> what would you like me to shut up uh alexa my wife uh and the um nsa's best friend we decided that we don't like thanksgiving food like it's boring it's stupid i hate it uh and Ooh. her family is from italy uh, I have a huge family that we would go see at Christmas, so we just decided Thanksgiving. We're just going to ignore that as a holiday, and instead we're going to pick a place that neither of us have been and just go to that city for a week, and we call it Thanksgiving because we're dorks. Mm. Uh, it's yeah, fine, but it's go. awesome. We've gone to Savannah, New Orleans, D.C., Dublin. Uh, that's in Ireland. Not the like. There's one in Ohio, right? Not that There one. is a Dublin, Ohio. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just so a Make bunch of places. Concession. It's fantastic. Because Dublin, Ohio, you're just seeing a lot of frankfurters and, uh, you know, a lot of sausage-based products. Yeah. We haven't been to, like, this Sonic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that Dublin Sonic's got some real good soda water. I tell you what. Uh, all right, brother. Well, you get to weigh in and basically have a untainted view of how this is scored. You're not buying in. I will start out – Taking the ball out, we're doing worst things about holiday travel. And I want to say this. Out of the gate, most awesome, you have your little piece also. Like, I do love traveling in the holidays. This is a little, like, this is just a, you know, champagne problems. You're getting to go see family. Family's coming to see yes. you. You're hanging out with friends. Like, the holiday, the last two months of the year are a nice thing. But that's not what we're about. We're saying if you got to pick a pain in the ass about what it's about, this is what it's about. Yes. What's your number three, then? All right, my number three is shit not having regular fucking hours. Here's what you run into. You show up into a town, and you're just like, all right, like, you know, I got a little coin. I've been saving for the holidays. It's been a good year. I'm ready to have a steak dinner. Every fucking restaurant closed by, like, you know, 5.30 p.m. Sure. So, like, somehow every liquor store is closed, so you can't get a nice bottle of wine. So, you're basically, you end up at around, like, 8 p.m., like, ready to really enjoy the holiday when you show up in Oklahoma to see your family. And what you actually have is three-point beer from the liquor store and a number four from Wendy's. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, I think that's 95% of the people who go to Red Robin. (laughs) Just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's ever been like number one on the list. Like, let's go to Red Robin. People are just like, well, it. Red Robin's open. Right. People are like Red Robin or Red Lobster. I, I can't. I can't figure out which one to go. Oh, uh, going to Red like Lobster it. is a reason to go out to eat. Like that is a destination restaurant. Cheddar, <laughs> cheddar biscuits. Cheddar Bay biscuits, my friend. Um, so I like it. I like where you're yeah. at. I like just being in that just I'm in a new 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 world, new place. I don't know what's going on. I can't figure out this world. 
Um, so I'm going to go just even trying to get there, just traveling, just heading out there. I'm going to go with the fact that invariably your travel, wherever you're going to go, is going to get delayed. Whether you're flying out of somewhere because the chaos of the airports, driving somewhere, there's always fucking holiday traffic. It's a minefield. Yeah. Your sure. Everything is delayed. So your your initial venture into the holiday season is just destroyed by the stress of delayed travel. Yeah, all right, all right. There's traffic. How do you score it, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiple cars on the road. Copy that. All right. Lights turn red. There's stop signs. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, well, it's funny because you're both on the, uh, on the, like, the dependable hours tip. You know, it's like, hey, I, right. I want this stuff that is supposed to be open and available when you said it was. Uh, yeah, that's you hear that we're we're exactly the same, Brandana. That's what I took from mm, that. Yeah. True. So okay. So I do like I, I like Brandon. I like yours a lot uh, because, like I said, going to Italy a lot of times, like shit's just closed on Sunday, and like just yeah. closed. Like you can't go to a doctor. Like it's just like eh, it's a Sunday. It's like okay, this sucks. Um, I'm going to give tell, Brandon... You tell me they don't have Walmarts in Italy there, Joe? Is that what you're telling I'm me? I'm telling you they Walmart's don't have there. Walmarts. They sell cigarettes at I'm out. Know, pharmacies at a vending machine, <laughs> you're done. but you're done. no Walmart. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to score you 711 points for places Ooh. not being open. Ooh, 711. I like nice. it. Well done. Uh, and Paul, you get a delayed 747. Oh, 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 look at that. Well, that, look puts at that. It, that puts him ahead, though, yeah? That, that, exactly, because my answer was better. That's as, fucked up. As it always All right, uh, number two. Um, so I guess I guess the strategy here is give a shittier answer and just hope it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of things that exist like like riding in like a $3,000 Uber car. Uh, I have – this is this is generic as fuck, but it's a real thing. So if we're talking about traveling, we got to talk about this. Like weather – and I do live in New York, and I actually think it's even worse if you are in L.A. because you're so acclimated to what the fuck L.A. is. Like – Weather's a real fucking thing, and it's yeah. tra- traveling during the summer is cool. Like you take your little, just like your overnight bag or whatever, like your two day bag. You throw it like in the back of an Uber. Like you're in Laguardia. Uh, Laguardia gets delayed, and eventually you do take off. But the weather now is just like it's rain slickers. It's like slush. Like you put it back there. Your suitcase is getting wet. You're fucking wet. You got to take off the coat. Like you put the coat in the overhead bin, and it's all wet. It's really it like. It's a legit fucking mess. So I'm I'm gonna go. I'm, I gotta go weather. I can't not do that. Weather. Okay. Yeah. So you you okay. you pick person. All right. Precipitation and clouds. Okay. I got it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not gonna stop. I should have hit it up against your stop signs. Yes. Copy that. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. It's the, the holidays tend to follow where there's bad weather. Okay. We got it. Um. So, Brandana, I'm gonna go with this. This is a little. Uh, this is a little closer to home than probably for for both of you. Uh, but maybe you guys can empathize a little bit. Maybe you've seen it when you're traveling, when you're on your delayed flights or, or in traffic here. But I'm going to go with the fact of the matter that when you are traveling for the holiday and you travel with kids, as, as most awesome travels with kids, your kids are out of their routine. And mm. it is a fucking nightmare. It is a disaster. Uh, they're worn down. They're tired. Either going from or coming back. They're just... Just having them out of their routine is now just becomes a, a, 
a much larger thing to wrap your arms around. Normally, when they're in the routine, you can kind of figure it out. Now, when you're in that holiday travel, they're excited for the, the holidays. They're off routine. They tend to go spazzy. And it just it makes for a fucking tough putt when you're trying to travel for the holidays. Yeah, that makes sense. I did have that on the top of the thing, and I forgot to bring that up. It's just like this is sometimes when I love the pod is like – just the shit in the Neapolitan showdown that is completely two different conversations. Like me traveling, I'm just like, oh my God, I left my bag upstairs. Oh, oh, my God. Where, are my, where are my cigarettes? I was going to say that. Like, oh, I can't right. bring my matches through security. You're just like, where's my other daughter? Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you fucking left your jacket at the house. Guess what? You're getting cold for the rest of the winter time. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, the rest of the winter time. That's it. <laughs> the you rest. Get back. I'm burning your, that jacket. Your punishment. Right, exactly. Your punishment exactly. is through February. Uh, how do you hey, score it, Joe? Hey, what do you got? Here's how. Here's how. Parents, they just throw out insane exclamations because we're so frustrated at that point. That's why. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna score that uh, an 18 for Paul. Because that's mm-hmm. how many years it's going to be before that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> and exactly. Brandon gets a 45 because I don't travel anywhere that has a temperature lower than 45 anywhere. Boom. Oh, God. Fuck it. I, when has happened to our boy? I mean, it's, I'll take the points, though. I uh, started oh, really close. It's Because you're right. Fine. It's the worst. Like, weather's terrible. Like, if it's rainy and yeah, shitty outside, I'll Well, I was, I was thinking, like, and real quick, like, sum it up. Like, oh, we've all lived in L.A. before you're still currently there. Like, I'm trying to think if it's more dramatic, uh, you know, him leaving Indiana and me living, like, leaving New York to go to, like, Oklahoma. Like, it's kind of, it's a lateral move. But when you're in L.A. and you're just like, I go back to Kansas, it's what's on the ground? I don't, do I still own sweaters? I don't know. I'll dig right. deep. I'll look. I don't, did I leave some there? I'll, I'll pick yeah. some up at the airport. Hooded sweatshirt. All right, let's go in. Uh, guys, we're up against it, as we always are. Number three, uh, I am in the driver's seat right now, so I'll take the ball out. Here's my big thing about traveling during the holidays. It's other people's homes. Like, it's just, there's no comfortable way to be a house guest. Like, it's so, like, you're as respectful as you can be. Like, you're either, like, you're too quiet. You're not eating enough of what they're offering. You're, like, you're too needy. You're eating too much of what they're offering. Like, and you're, like, you have to sleep on whatever the bed they set you up with. It's not, and I'm not saying, like, and also, especially when you're, like, visiting family, and I'll sum it up like this. Like, when I visit my family in Oklahoma, my nieces and nephews, I see them for four days. There's one hotel in their town. So it would be insane for me every night to be like, all right, good night, guys, and then, like, drive to a hotel. And then, like, you know, leave at 7, 7 p.m., right. and then come back at, like, 7 a.m. And it's just like, all right, let's catch up again. Like, it's bizarre. So I have to, like, sleep on a couch. I have to figure out the whole shower thing, and I always feel out of place. Worth seeing them, absolutely, but it is the worst fucking part of traveling. I think that's a direct indictment uh, of your guest room, Paul. I think. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> My guest basement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first off, uh, Red Roo- Re- the Red Roof in uh, Tulsa <laughs> is a friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Uh, friend of the pod. So, I just, so I just want to make this. Uh, but yeah, so I know it's good. Yes, traveling in other, staying in other people's mm. houses is. Oh, anxiety. Uh, it's, it's just you're uncomfortable. You feel bad. You feel weird. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's what I'm going to go with. Just traveling is is all the asshole travelers that come along with it, right? All the rookies that are around there. So you're in the airport. People that have never traveled or flown before, and they don't understand what's going on, how this whole process works. 
and then all have like an attitude, right? Everyone when they're traveling, they're they're on their last nerve. They're all on edge about traveling and making their destination on time. The flights are going to get delayed, as I talked about earlier. Dealing with the asshole people, and not to mention, like you mentioned, like things always closing down. Yeah. Try dealing with people who then are now having to work on their holidays. Everyone's an asshole around the holidays, so I'm going with asshole people. Uh, these are both really, really good ones. That's uh, not bad too. There's a little entitlement, like also, right? I, I like, I do like your point on people that don't travel a lot. They only travel on the holidays, so the this the, this attitude of just like I spent like two hundred fifty dollars on this plane ticket. It's just like, brother, we right. all fucking did. We all like no, like no one like we didn't score like a raffle of like plane tickets and like you're the one that like overpaid right. like it's right right I, and you're telling me I'm gonna land an hour later I've <laughs> yeah. got to you know what I mean it's like oh shit you know what that shows it. also the Joe don't let this count to me pit like hiking his right. up mine is better but it's also like just kind of the the people that you can tell them they'll travel a lot also because they're like the first ones like pop up like in fucking row 36 J where like they just get up and they kind of like just stand there. Like they're going to exit the plane, like any fucking earlier than what you have to do when all rows one to 35 actually deboard the plane. Yes. Yes. Uh, First off, don't pull out your worst people on the plane and trying to ham fist this. Hey, I'm this just segment. like, just, okay. not he's, that not, he's not getting points for that because I'm on, one w. of those people. I'm absolutely an early riser, but I just, and I know I'm not getting off early and I try to like, keep my bag in the overhead compartment to just yes. be like, hey guys, it's I'm not stretch, pressuring right? anybody. I just want to stretch. Uh, yeah, it's a good I, point I'm that way too, the, Joe. The houses, Brandon, like there, like when you get home from, from a trip and yeah. you like finally shower at your place, you're like, this is the first time I've been clean in a week. Yeah, there's, like, there, there's just, there's no great way to stay at somebody else's house. Like even like your best intentions, like you don't know the rules and you're like, I think what bothers you is yeah. like no matter what, like you're slightly in the way. Even if you're a fantastic house guest and you're the best, like you're still like slightly fucking up their routine. Uh, I don't. What's the math? I, I don't. I don't need to know the score because I'm just going to try and score this as best I can. Um, Great. All right. We're pretty uh, close. We're pretty close. It is pretty close. I'm going to give uh, Brandon. You get four and a half points. Uh, Dope. Seven. So whatever mm-hmm. that is. Because four and a half days is like, that's the longest I really want to be in somebody's home. And seven days is about as long as I want to be away from home. Yeah, I think it's uh, 31 and a half points. Yeah, I don't want to know. There you go. And, Boom. uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't bother me with the facts. Paul, uh, we, Paul we gets do have to eventually score this. J for the guy in 36J. <laughs> Doing a 36, uh, then it was up by four or five. All right, uh, that's a that's a most awesome victory. That's fucked up, but I do think you scored it well. Uh, all right, we're up against it. Let's talk about this shitty movie. Uh, bring us to that CA jam. Oh yeah, it's the map date night. The showdown is where they fight. Here they discuss if this movie sucks. Why? Because this part fucks. I said this part. Alright guys, this is MAB date night. We lit a candle and you you know what? We were like, we need a third wheel. And we were like, what are you doing? I'm the unicorn. We'd like you to come over, brother. We'd like you to just kind of pull up a little sleeping bag, lay between us and watch a little space jam. So we're gonna be hitting five tent poles as we always do on MAB date night. 
We're going to be doing initial thoughts, toughest plot pills to swallow, we do your favorite lines, where are they now, and rate this <laughs> movie on one to five air horns. Let's jump into it right now. Uh, initial thoughts coming out of the gate on this uh, 1994 Space Jam. Go most awesome. Uh First off, I have not seen this as a child, and so I got to watch this as an adult. You never saw it? Never saw it. Not a bad thing. Never saw it once. 1996, I was a senior in high school, and... uh, I was fucking... not... Not watching Space Jam. I was finger-blasting like a madman, bro. This is how I go about it, all right? No, but seriously, no, I was not. If uh, you listened to (laughs) two weeks ago... Not doing that at all, uh, but yeah. So I, no, just cartoons not in my in my wheelhouse. So uh, going back to watching this was uh, an, it, it just just an interesting experience. I don't think the film, if it was lauded over back then in 1996, I don't see it holding up. It's not. I mean, obviously the animation is not there. Uh, not impressed. It was not. I don't want to tip the the. Acapella air horns was just I was sure. not up, not into it. Well, here's the big thing. Like, were you guys into? Let's start from like Jump Street. Joe, jump in on this. Like, did you ever enjoy Looney Tunes? I don't think I was ever like a Looney Tunes guy. Like, my cartoons were a little bit more of like the Doug, the Rugrats, a little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know if it like yeah, it kind of missed. Mesa. Yeah, we got it. Cowboys of Mesa. You know, listen to the pod. <laughs> you, you know what cartoons are like. But did it did it miss our age gap a little bit? Were you a Looney Tunes guy? What's your thoughts, Joe? I fucking love the Looney Tunes. Like they oh, are you did. Okay. so fantastic. They were so funny. Uh, the and it's funny because like if you watch like an old like Disney cartoon, like a Mickey Mouse, you're like, what this is garbage. This is terrible. Yeah. There's nothing entertaining about it. Like the Looney Tunes were subversive and just comedic brilliance. I've had like Roadrunner cartoons that I watched as an adult stone cold sober and like laughed my face off so i love the Looney tunes i think they're great um, sure and my initial feeling about this movie is like why do we put people who are great at one thing and then they're so popular doing this thing that they're great at that we put them in something else where they don't do the thing that they're great at it's oh like, my god! Is that is right. that like a is that a literal parallel for like Michael Jordan playing basketball and then playing baseball? <laughs> like, I don't think you hit it like more on the fucking nose than that. Oh, it, it's like Justin Timberlake is going to come to your house and cook a meal. It's like well, I don't know. No, <laughs> sing and dance. Make, okay, well, make ladies want to have sex. That's what you do. I, I think I think that's I think that's a great point. I'll jump in on that. Is like this was, and I have some points on it. One being. Uh, a little line that we got, but it, it was kind of, and we we called the wizard out a little bit for this for being kind of right. a commercial for Super Mario Brothers three. Is this just like a fucking commercial for like Michael Jordan? Like it, it yeah. just it seemed like right. it, it seemed like a fucking concept piece more than it was like hey this is a movie. It's just like well, it, and I, mean, I I think it did lay the tracks a little bit for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I think is a home run, and I think that was probably like like one year later or damn near around the same time this one didn't quite get it right which is kind of mixing the animation and the real life but it felt more of just it felt I, I, i'll do this and i'll let you guys take over real fast like this falls right back into the, what the fuck i was talking about the last time i talked about michael jordan on this podcast which is 
he was marketed and shoved down our throat as just like this like hero guy that's just like a really great person and just like liked all the people around him. He enjoyed a Big Mac. He liked Gatorade and he likes high-fiving friends. And that's exactly what this movie did. If you remember, he like he has a fucking line where he's just like, I don't care. Like, I, I let's just have fun out there. Like when they're going into no. play in the second half and it's like, that's literally not Michael Jordan. It just showed yeah. how like how duped you were with like advertising at that time. And this is the actual pinnacle proving all the points of just like that was a michael jordan what is right. this movie doing why are we doing this go ahead most awesome so yeah no i i i love it because uh you're exactly right and david falk who's his agent is an executive producer on this i only <laughs> can envision the um <clears throat> the the pitch to warner brothers is like david falk walks into the room and is like hey do you guys like shit tons of money well i've got an idea for this you know that's that's the pitch that's all it is it's like all right well yeah. what the fuck are we gonna do like take what whatever what properties do you have oh we got these cartoons yep. let's put them with michael jordan let's fucking figure it out yeah oh as long God. as we what can get arduous setup too just like there's the looney tunes live in the center of the earth but also we're going to an alien planet that has like a yes. not like a bad like yeah it was weird weapon. like it it it, it it added like a third like level there's just like are you like overly like that's what made it sad it was like trying to like hard to be like a movie when it's just like i'd rather right. you just be a fucking like hour and like 20 minute commercial like with <laughs> like michael jordan passing a bugs bunny him passing it back he's just like what's up with that pass doc and then like we just fucking like we walk out of the theater and we're just like oh that was fun. it was like trying to like complicate the plot line so that pulls us into Let's jump in there real fast. Toughest plot pills to swallow. (laughs) I have a funny one, and then I'll let you guys jump in. Um, An R. Kelly song being involved in any kid's movie. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) I love the, like, sequence with Barry White walking up to, like, the, like, 13-year-old girls on the basketball court, and you just have Barry, like, not Barry White walking up, uh, Charles Barkley walking up, but you have Barry White playing, and it's just like, oh, baby. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's get the love. I'm just like, what? Like, read yeah. the room, guys. This is awful. Like, really, right. really bad. Well, uh, there was also a couple of things that, like, it harkens back to later on in life. Like, you had Patrick Ewing with like a clearly the adult um, joke in there, and it's like when he's sitting down with the therapist and. He asked mm-hmm. him, like, well, are, yep. you, are you able to perform? Yeah. And he's like, able to perform? And it's like, oh, Patrick Ewing was involved in the Atlanta strip club incident where they were basically, like, paying strippers to have sex at, like, the gold coin or some shit like that. It's like, probably not the guy that you're going to ask about, like, can he perform or not? And, like, make that joke, yeah. you know? I absolutely, like, was watching this movie thinking about how Paul was going to – like his references were all going to be like, oh, I get that. That's a reference to Charles Barkley's agent who had just like switched over from like this, like to opened his own shop and like right. ah, that's that's right. some real insider baseball there. The toughest plot pill for me to swallow, I think, is that Michael Jordan's dream as a child, and he's he's practicing free throws after midnight, uh, while his yes. dad, who is apparently Willie Loman, steps out in like his suspenders and undershirt right and he's like you know what are you doing son like i'm practicing because one day i'm gonna i'm gonna play for north carolina and his dad says well that's a first class education which i just giggled at um like after they you know 
had their players going to zero classes and like made up classes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. I love <laughs> yeah. all these things. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go to North Carolina, swish, and I'm going to be on a championship team, swish, and I'm going to play in the NBA, swish, and I'm going to be the greatest ever, swish, and then I'm going to retire to play baseball like you, dad. Like, like his retirement <laughs> yeah. was his dream since birth. Like, yeah. I can't right, wait to right. like win an Oscar so I can break into bartending. Like, the- right, Ex- right, exactly. It's like every like union guy who is like, man, I can't wait to retire at fifty four with a pension and all. You know what I mean? It's like, well, whose dream is that? By the way, that young that actor who played young Michael, his fucking jump shot was wet. Did you see that guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was he was hitting some like establishing shot. Like he he was hitting it. Um, he was there. All right, so I got, I got kind of, I got two funny ones I want to follow you up with. Uh, what the fuck's up with Jim Rome growing a goatee? So he didn't have. He shows up on the TV. He doesn't have it in the early '90s, which is when it was okay to grow a goatee. <laughs> and then he got obsessed and kept a goatee on for like the last 15 years. When we're all over goatees, like he is like the inverse goatee grower, like yeah. it's so it's so bizarre. Like he should have goatee then. He's just like, it's like he's Benjamin sw- Button for goatee. <laughs> he's he's like Sam. He's, he swims upstream <laughs> about when you got a goatee. He's Merlin. He's Merlin. Uh, this last one. Fake this hair. is probably getting getting a little cute. Um, okay, so some basketball players. Uh, aren't playing a lot of great defense like mid-season and all of a sudden we think their talent sucked away i don't know i don't know if that's a big enough red flag to actually be like there's a legit problem maybe playoff basketball time <laughs> but if that's going on like just mid-season it's just like i am that's you know charles being charles full disclosure and, um okay so, and one dumb thing you're like full disclosure like- i didn't watch this fucking movie which uh <laughs> congratulations right, exactly i just looked at the blockbuster cassette <laughs> the uh like when they go to the lakers and like the lakers don't want to go and like be in the dressing room because of germs and they're all nervous yes. and i'm just like ooh, too soon guys like that's that that, that mm. moment doesn't age well with like because that was like right on the heels of magic having to retire and it just felt weird right. that it was the cool. lakers like vladi divak being like we could get germs yeah. Right, right. Well, luckily, luckily that scene fit into the entire movie of not aging well. We can yeah. get yeah, a pit and bury the entire movie. Okay, and let's move on to uh, – real fast, we'll go on to uh, favorite lines. Any favorite lines on this? Okay, I'll say this out of the gate. Daffy Duck is funny. I'm not a Looney Tunes guy. I forgot, like, Daffy – like, I legit – lol like three times with daffy duck when he was just like i think i found the shorts he opens the door and he like sees the bulldog there and the bulldog like kind of crashes him down he's like i think i found the shirt in his eyeballs there's just like this disposition daffy has is the only redeeming and he comes out when they're introducing everybody and like nobody cheers for daffy duck like he's, he's a funny dude I, I like me some some dd some double d <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go back with uh, Patrick Ewing being asked to, if he could was unable to perform or not. That just that had me in stitches. Oh, you lied! You you, you you laughed comedy. a lot about that, bro. That got you. That got no, you. Oh yeah, it got me. It got me. Yes. Nice. Exactly. Uh, I mean, like, so we're just gonna go ahead and throw out every single thing that Bill Murray says, right? Because oh, it, right. it was Even like, in is it because because like, I'm white? Like, I, I was gonna say, like, that is one of the redeeming and. 
when you first walked in, I'm just like, because I kind of forgot, and I want to know your take on this, Joe, also, like, when you walked out of the movie, and I think you thought it was a pile of shit. I did, too, like, even when you were young enough to, maybe it's the first introduction to seeing a pile of shit. But, like, it was like, he walked in, I was just like, oh, I, like, I forgot, they're just kind of throwing stars at this, but he was, like, legit funny. Yeah. It was, like, the height of Bill Murray taking that turn from, like, kind of young, subversive to older his older persona that's kind of that's really dry and like oh god just it, it was perfect it was vintage when uh when he just says uh whoa 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 i don't play defense it was just nobody can deliver yeah, that yeah, it was Bill Murray. yeah so throwing yeah, that yeah, out yeah. i think probably the the best line of the movie is what took my uh my unbelievable plot point and made the movie realistic to me which is when Michael Jordan steps to the edge of the court and he says, how about we make this more interesting? Raise the stakes a little bit. And then he adds <laughs> yeah. a bet. Yeah, yeah. That's the most soul. believable part of that movie. It's yeah. like, oh, MJ gambling? All right, now yeah. I get it. So now this looks right. That's the, that's the thing that I have this whole theme is, is he gambles the whole time. <laughs> like, he always, like, loves to, to up it. By the way, here's the other thing. When he's playing baseball, here's the other thing that I found – that when the catcher was like, "Hey, tip the pigeon, thanks, yeah. thanks, thanks for giving me the uh, when he's playing baseball. Thanks for giving me the signed baseball. My kids love it. You're here to yours." And then he starts tipping the pitches to Michael Jordan. Yeah, this is a guy. So M- Michael Jordan, who is in- insanely competitive, once bet Scottie Pippen that when they landed, that his bag would come out first, and went behind before he made the bet. And tipped off the baggage claim guys to say, "Hey, make sure mine comes out. I'll tip you a hundred bucks." Damn. And pays everybody like to collect like five hundred bucks. This is the, the same guy. Like when he goes down and does this, he you, you can't tell me that he's not like, "Hey, I'll give you this signed ball, but you're gonna tip me some pitches so I can go hit a dinger in front of everybody." Like this is how this really works. That's why. That's why my point. The thing I'm saying. The thing I hate about fucking Michael Jordan and just the media machine in like the mid '90s is just like everyone shoving a like him down our throat, and he was complicit or not like trying to like keep the narrative going. It was just like he is like this amazing hero, and it like it right. wasn't like that wasn't his jam. He didn't want to be there. This is why I I kind of the only reason I like Michael Jordan in this movie real fast, and we're up against it. Uh, I did like him in this movie because he's really good looking. Like shockingly, like young Michael. Well, yeah, Jordan. yeah, he's, he's good look, but it's also like yeah. he he's not afraid to like laugh at himself about not being good at baseball. I like I kind of forgot about that. Like I forgot right. about like the fact. Break that down real fast. Most awesome. Who's better in baseball, uh, Michael Jordan when he almost slash did play for the White Sox or Tim Tebow now? Ooh, Whoa. that's a really good question. Uh, I'm gonna go Tim Tebow because Tim 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 Tebow made a All Star game. Yeah, and I don't think Michael Jordan did. So I'm gonna go with Tim Tebow, That's just nice. purely on that fact. That's Here's the other thing I want to say. I could probably segue into this in the into to the plot points, but so when Michael Jordan is is then has all, gets all the talent back from all those aliens and has in the basketball. Doesn't Michael Jordan just steal all that talent? Yeah. I mean, doesn't he just take it all? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? They go back to the league and just dominate. Absolutely. Yeah, and exactly. let's, let's not talk about, like, I, I know we missed time for plot points, but it's just like, I don't know how that trench coat with no face and three aliens in it got, like, a courtside seat. 
Like that, they, it's, <laughs> like have you ever tried to sneak in closer to the court? Like it's difficult. Like you gotta like I don't. You just can't be three yeah. cartoon aliens and everything. And there's no obviously this is a waste of time to say like the biggest plot point you're gonna swallow. But like everyone watches a spaceship fly over. Like thousands of thousands of people saw a cartoon spaceship fly in, and no one's connecting. Like the commissioner of the NBA just being like, we gotta shut down. Like there's no talent here. No, like no, no. There's no news stories about like these cartoon ships that keep flying. Yeah. What do you got, Jeff? Right. Well, two things. One, this movie is a treatise on people underreacting to insane <laughs> stuff. Like, sure, yeah. Michael Jordan shows up and goes, Bugs Bunny, you're a cartoon. Yeah. You're oh, yeah, real. exactly, exactly. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And, then yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and then Bill Murray, and who's an Academy Award-nominated actor, watches Michael Jordan get sucked down a golf hole, and they all just kind of stand there, and they're like, yeah, yeah, take a camera. Like, yeah, their first yeah. reaction is, what's up with this camera? Like, I don't know if you yeah, know how technology yeah. works, but nothing's up with leave. that camera. Also, why is Larry Bird in this movie? He doesn't play basketball. It's just weird. It was just... Yeah, yeah. Larry Bird's... Oh, and the last thing I'll say about this also, that you guys can take it over. We're almost out of time. I will say... Um, Fuck the hour of power. I'm going on record. I like hour and a half long pods. All right. Thanks, Longer brother. Appreciate it. You're on, you you're on team. I don't know where we're allowed to stand anymore. It's it's a difficult. There's a lot of things going out there in the world. The hour of the power is the most, <laughs> the most divisive right. thing that's split in the nation. Joe gets, Joe gets five <laughs> air horns for that one. Uh, <laughs> why would he bet? Like Larry Bird. Okay, uh, Bill Murray drops it within twelve feet. Larry Bird drops it within five, and then Michael Jordan makes like a one to one bet that he'll drop it closer to the pin. That's an insane bet. That's the that's the closest we've seen actual Michael Jordan on his insanity. Like you like you you're gonna bet one to one that you drop it like within a five foot circle. That's crazy. Right. How many times do they have to shoot that with to try and cut out the real gambling that took place in that scene? Uh, oh, that's to, oh, like, I'd love I love the BTS gambling yeah. all the time on that. I love the it's BTS. Like, it's like no, 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 we gotta get I'm, a clean shot for the kids. You can't call Larry Bird a motherfucker oh my God, anymore. Bugs Bunny doing lines and shit. I'd love to. I'd love to see the BTS. <laughs> Uh, okay, real fast. We'll do a little where are they now. Has anybody got some where are they nows? Uh, I think, yeah. So uh, I've got uh, Bugs and, and uh, Lola Bunny, who's who's a little thick, by the way. Uh, yeah. Lola Bunny, they have like 9,000 babies at this point, right? Because <laughs> they fuck I mean, like rabbits. Just... I get it. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Relax. I, I don't understand. Like, relax, real, real, relax. Uh, real, real fast on that. Like, they, you realize they played a one-on-one game to one. <laughs> like she shows up in the gym she's like i'd like to play on your team and they're like oh let's play each other and then like she charges past him does a layup he turns into like like an iron like slab falls down and she's just like all right gosh gotcha. and she's there for like three minutes they play and then like she leaves like, then she takes off it's like a one-on-one game to one like who who the fuck plays that game it's like you're you're on the team you do realize that we practice right? <laughs> yeah we, right. we need to come back i totally forget forgot a plot point that i wanted to bring up sure buddy a, 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 the ref, if there is a ref. Oh, yeah. Keeps yeah, it he real calls loose. a timeout. Really? Like, oh, oh, yeah. Ref. Oh, well, wait, wait, wait. Right. When you strap cartoon dynamite around the backboard, then, uh, <laughs> you know, you're a little light on the whistle blowing. You're just like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let him play. Let him play. Here's the thing is, is, um, is, is Michael Jordan should be uh, a, a capture of Monster Mountain or Monster Mountain or whatever the fuck it is. Moron Mountain. Because. Yeah. Moron Mountain. Thank you. Because all of those monsters, they jump from the three-point line a lot of times yeah. to dunk the basketball. Only credited them with two points. 
We I, we got we got Ooh. scoring gate on our hands. I, need to, I like I need that. To get a real, well, oh, I was re, re counting of the scoring. I, I did. That's a three. Point I like count, it. You're right. Friend. I did have that on my plot points. I was just like, does anyone have an outside jumper? Like it was just like yeah. the first. This like, is three a fundamental quarters. problem with the movie: is the monsters they steal the talents, right? But then they turn into these like thirty foot tall giants, and it's like right. yeah. this isn't basketball. Like I'm what I. Michael Jordan's great at basketball because he's great at basketball, not because he's 80 feet tall. And so, like, it becomes this tar- yeah. like, tarnished version of the game. It's literally cartoonish, where it's like, I don't... <laughs> this isn't fun to watch. Is, it, is that where it's, they drop the ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I, wait, I, I, wait. I wish they were just good at basketball. Instead of just big. Did we, just, did we watch a cartoon? Is that what we're talking about, Joe? I'm, I'm confused here. What did we watch? <laughs> that was <laughs> a documentary in real time. The, uh, the thing that bothered... Small thing, but like Bill Murray says to Larry Bird as they're walking out of the gym, he says, uh, you know David Stern, right? You could put in a good word for me. And then like three scenes later, outside of the forum for some reason. Yeah, the uh, fake commissioner. Like tearing down, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're like, commissioner, commissioner. And then it's not David Stern. Yeah. I'm like, you name drop David Stern, and you're telling me that of all these people, he was the only one who wasn't available. Like... His schedule was too. <laughs> David Stern can't make it, but Michael Jordan is available. Yeah, it's but, really like know, not a great like a, point. It's not a real barn burner. No, 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 no. Exactly, that is like it, that is a great point, actually, Joe. Because it's just like what, you pick one side or the other. Like you're either all in, like this is the real world and these are real players and what's going on and these are real teams, or you're not. Like it's just really weird when you go half-ass in. It's just like oh, these are real players, but these aren't real players yeah. and this isn't a real thing. And this is not the real commissioner, but this is a real spot. That's a spaceship. That's Bugs Bunny. That's dynamite. Also, All right, real fast for talent was the NBA in 96, man. I mean, just, yes. Oh. Yeah. I, well, I Sean do like that the way that they, they start up the, yeah, I, right. They, they start off with Barkley and Ewing, Larry Johnson, and then went to Sean Bradley and Muggsy Bogues. Like it really dropped off a cliff right there. <laughs> The other thing is, is I do like that the Monstars avoided, if you saw in the one scene, they avoided AC Green because clearly they wanted to have premarital sex. <laughs> oh, that is why he's the talent. Uh, okay, uh, last thing real fast, guys. Let's rate this one to five air horns. As tradition, this is the first time we had a third wheel. Joe, so glad you showed up. Thanks for joining us for date night. Uh, this isn't ever going to line up, so don't fucking worry about it. Let's start with the air horns. Uh, and three, two, one, go. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give it two most awesome? I gave it two. I gave it fucking one. one. I was going to give it zero. I gave it one for Daffy Duck because he kind of just cracked my shit up. I gave it one because it was only a three ninety nine rental. So. <laughs> cost, cost. Oh, shit. Two out of five? That's That's... That's heavy, bro. Forty percent. I guess so. I guess that was. I guess that was heavier than, right. than you That's guys. What you think. All right. Uh, what? What did you say? No, I thought you had something. You said ah. You like no. you really? You're no, fired no, up. No, no. Okay. All right, we're up against it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Talent. Monsters. All their jersey numbers are zeros. Uh, it's, oh, <laughs> good pullback. Yeah, look at Joe, fired. little star. Uh, Joe, you got to get back soon. Thanks so much for showing up and judging the Neapolitan, and thanks for joining Date Night, brother. Good to see you as Thank always. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, buddy. Talk soon. Let's get the MVPs. Let's go. All right, brother. MVP of the week. Let's shut this down. Joe, thanks for popping on, talking a little bit of shitty Space Jam, not the official release <laughs> title, but uh, 
I think that's what we decided. Uh, my MVP of the week, I'm going with, uh, I want to bring this, Hugh Jackson. Uh, lost his job. Okay. Obviously, the team without him still yeah. lost the Chiefs, what he's supposed to do. But still, and you said this text, I think you inspired me to do it. Like, still dropping us sound bites. This motherfucker cannot, you know, I don't know how you can be this delusional. Like, you right. barely were able to coach a team. You looked ridiculous on hard knocks because you didn't know. You had, like, Landry telling you how to, like, review players' thing. You had, like, the chair <laughs> conversation, which was insanity he was talking to like right. one former head coach also and like todd haley I mean, todd haley like right, not even right. like, getting a chance to sit in that chair and still sitting out was just like uh on his way out was like basically like oh baker mayfield didn't click so like i'm losing my job which is crazy because i think baker mayfield accounted for i think two of your only fucking win- <laughs> your wins right. or two of the three in the entire right. time you were there and definitely didn't account for like 90% of your losses, and you're still like, I don't know, the quotes keep coming out. Uh, can you hit me with that quote real fast or something? It's just like, did you meet with like the Oklahoma, the OU coach on watching tape with Baker Mayfield? And she's like, no, we have all the tape we need. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it was something to the effect of that, um, the, yeah, that he didn't need to meet with uh, Lincoln Riley, who actually we talked about at the top of the pod, Yeah. that um, – that because they have the tape there and and they can just go down and watch tape whenever. And to my point was that it was like saying, well, hey, NFLers, you know, don't don't need to talk to Belichick or anyone on the Patriots. Just watch their tape. That's what you that's what you'll get from anything out of there, you know. So uh, uh, interesting, interesting quote. But here's the thing: I do want to want to. I, I like that you made Hugh Jackson uh, our uh, your MVP because yeah. had we not had Deshaun Watson to help generate this pod. I definitely think Hugh Jackson would have uh, probably generated enough quotables for us to <laughs> lay down some hot pod tracks. This guy is a fucking gift. Uh, you got an MVP, brother? Or is I am. Do your- I am. Oh, I'm yeah. going to go from uh, one coach, one college coach, or one national football coach to a college coach. I'm talking about Denny Dowds uh, from East Stroudsburg University. Denny has been there for 45 seasons and just a few weeks ago uh toward the end of the game he called uh, an illegal fourth timeout told refs hey i don't really care went out there told all of his guys how much he loved them how he loved coaching them but he was retiring and uh the game ticked away gave him all a little bit of a hug and then just walked off into his car drove home and uh Hasn't thought about football since. So, Denny, I love your commitment. 45 years. Congratulations on your retirement. Uh, you're my MVP of the week, sir. Oh, wow. Right off the sunset. <laughs> uh, well, you guys can shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Go and subscribe. Tell a friend. Let them know what you heard here today. We love your comments. I am Brandana. And why don't you sign yourself off? It's most awesome. Look, I know it's Super Tuesday and the politics are ripe and everyone's talking about blue waves and red waves. There's only one wave to talk about, and that's the MAB wave. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion. Uh.